Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I'm joined by Melinda Laufenberger with Autism Oklahoma, which she founded to help improve the quality of life and create opportunities for loved ones with autism. Welcome, Melinda. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Erin. It's so great to be with you and spend this time with you. Absolutely. So first, Melinda, I'd love to hear more about why you founded the nonprofit organization nearly 20 years ago and why the mission is especially dear to you. Well, um, the reason that Autism Oklahoma exists is because, frankly, I couldn't figure out everything on my own. Um, my husband and I have a daughter named Joy, and uh, Joy was born in 1996, and so she's 28 years old now. But at the time when she was diagnosed, there were so little, so few resources in Oklahoma. We didn't have the internet and so little was available. And really we were kind of the parents that, um, that I met were the most helpful to me because they had done, you know, some of them were a little bit ahead of me on the journey. Some of them were, were a little behind, but um, we were all figuring out everything on our own. And, and we just thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. And so um, we put a sign up at the Edmond Library, and before you know it, we had 50, then 300 families registered with our little group. And that's how Autism Oklahoma very first started, was, was to help families connect and have some hope for life. I love that. That's so beautiful. And, and you all have kept, kept on with that same mission. Um, so we know one in 54 children are diagnosed on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. All of us know or will know a family impacted by autism at some point. Uh, a Metro family has a really incredible super kid featured in our March-April issue named Lily. Lily has autism and her parents shared that they wish other people knew kids with autism are just like any other child and especially mm -hmm. They want friends, but they aren't always adept at making or keeping relationships in a traditional sense. Right. So what are some of the common misconceptions mm. about kids or individuals with autism that you can help set straight for us? Um, well, I can completely relate as a mom having a daughter with autism because I've been in that same scenario. Um, and um, Lily and the thousands of other kids in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma that have autism are the why that we exist. And I, I know that as a mom, when, when Lily's family looks over the course of her life, they would like to see progression with Lily having someone to do life with. And, um, and sometimes there's a big gap between, uh, you know, just getting to that point. And so they are concerned about how will Lily find someone to eat with in the cafeteria? Does she have a peer who's going to help her with her homework or ask her to be in their group? Um, is there going to be someone who's going to invite her to a school activity? Or how can she connect to an outside interest like music or animals or computer games? And, and, and where is she going to make friends? And and then who's going to pour into her to give her more self-confidence? Because this world has a way of just tearing down self-confidence, especially when you're different or you think differently. Um, and will she have a pack of friends that are going to care about her so that she can have a great life after high school 
Will she be able to go to college? Will she be able to work? Will she have someone in her life? Can she develop those life skills? So those are all the things that a parent um, just, you know, I guess has anxiety and worry about. And a lot of it has to do with who's going to be my with? Who am I going to do? Who is um, my child going to do life with? And how do I best um, facilitate processes for her to have meaningful relationships as a child, as a teen, and as an adult? I love all those things you mentioned. It's so relatable for every parent. I think all parents have a lot of those same questions for their children mm -hmm. and it can be really important for parents with typically developing kids to consider that that relatability and then to think how those situations are exacerbated mm -hmm. um, for parents of children with special needs that really helps put that in perspective for us so mm -hmm. when we're talking about kind of at the beginning we know early intervention and advocacy for children with autism is so helpful mm -hmm. for parents of littles what should parents do if they're concerned their child might be showing mm -hmm. symptoms well i i think the the biggest thing that a parent can do is know that their job is to wear the advocate hat and to be the project manager for their kid and not to give that power or give up that role to anyone else you know that's that's something because a lot of times people won't know exactly what's going on with your kid and you may get false information on the way, but it's important to be persistent. If you know in your gut that that may not be right or pertain to your kid, just be persistent and keep asking questions and don't be discouraged if you don't get just perfect information the first time. It may take a while. You know, um, with autism, it is not an intellectual disorder, and it is a it is the fastest growing developmental um, disability. But the diagnosis process is somewhat subjective, so it's not uncommon to get, you know, information. Uh, you may have to get information from several different sources to kind of put the pieces together to figure out what's going to work for your kid and really what's going to be the most helpful in your family situation. Um, I would say start with your pediatrician and ask them um, about autism screenings. Uh, be on the lookout for lack of eye contact, uh, maybe not being able to point, repetitive actions, changes in routine that cause upset, um, certain foods or sensory uh, limitations. All of those are things to just keep an eye on and mention to your doctor and mention to people that you trust. Um, everyone wears autism different, especially girls. Um, just keep asking questions and, um, and just, just know that I always tell parents, just know that you're the perfect parent for your child and your child is the perfect kid for you. So understand that. And so that you can, you can be um, their advocate for life. Those are such great tips and that's such empowering information for parents to know, to just keep, trust your gut and keep mm -hmm. asking those questions. Mm -hmm. So for parents who have a newly diagnosed child with autism, 
a sense of community, feeling like they aren't alone, and having others around them who've walked the same path can be really critical, just like you mm -hmm. talked about at mm -hmm. the start of Autism Oklahoma and your journey. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for families to help find that kind of support system, and how do you provide that through your programs and opportunities at Autism Oklahoma? I think helping a family and a person with autism find their support system is what we do best. Um, and so all of our programming has to do with how are you going to do life with others? Um, from the, we have kind of three areas where, where all of our programs fit somewhere in, in one of these three areas. Um, one is to help families thrive. And so some of the programming that we offer there is connecting families together so that they can find uh, another family that has a kid with autism. Sometimes I hear all the time, gosh, my, my uh, relatives don't want a thing to do with me because they're scared to death. I'm going to ask them to babysit. <laughs> and, and so a lot of times families are looking for, okay, my natural family isn't working. Who else can I connect to that's going to be understanding and not going to freak out if um, we have a meltdown? And um, so, so I think helping families to find each other and then helping them to find someone who's maybe a little bit ahead of them in terms of uh, the age of the child or, or someone who's achieving some of the goals that you wanna achieve in your life, in your family. Um, you know, meeting someone that has a child your age so that maybe if they have a common interest, you can do something together. Um, so helping families thrive is a big area. And then helping individuals with autism reach their potential. We have a lot of programs. We know, we understand the power of an interest and how you can leverage that power uh, of an interest to improve communication, to improve uh, willingness to engage with others. And so we've done tons of different interest groups over the years, um, anything from a Doctor Who camp to a Lego camp to a art camp to a film camp to a uh, I love Star Wars to uh, I love my little pony you know we can use just about anything to create something for your kid and a few others so that they can engage on a topic and then hopefully develop a little bit of a friendship because this is a you know a tough nut to crack um, and so we try to try to try different things to try to uh, to make engagement and and friendship, uh, facilitate friendship with others. Um, so helping people with autism reach their potential. We've had a huge amount of success with things like pre-employment clubs, clubs that help people make the contacts in their life, um, friendships so that they have um, more relationships in adulthood. Um, so that's another category of our program. And then thirdly, helping the community understand differences because all our kids with autism are going to grow up and there isn't an autism world. They're all going to participate in this world. And so um, having programs like the Peace Walk where we can really raise autism awareness, um, those are the things that we try, you know, we just try to create handles to life so that the person with autism can be successful, whether they're a young child, a teenager, an adult, whatever. We're for life. Uh, we want we want everyone to, to have a place to belong for life. 
Um, and so we've seen lots of young adults use the skills that we started with them as kids and the friendships that they gained now to forge their own path in life. And that's been super rewarding. That's incredible. Um, you know, as you're talking about the importance of autism awareness in the community, we know individuals on the autism spectrum span a variety of symptoms and severity of symptoms, but as we're thinking about some of the more common symptoms or challenges and raising that awareness with our own children and our own families, how can mm -hmm. parents help their typically developing kids understand mm -hmm. some of those challenges a child with autism might face and maybe give them some tips on how to interact with and engage mm -hmm. with a classmate or a friend who has autism? I think the number one thing is just the value of kindness. With everyone in our world being different, I think just, just emphasizing kindness with your child and, and um, that everyone is different and that's okay. You're different, I'm different um, and that's okay. And just, you know, eating with someone at lunch that's different than you, just the value of learning from someone. Um, just, you know, I tell you, when Joy was little, um, there was a, there was a janitor at her middle school that said hi to her every day and asked her about her dog. Well, that was Joy's best friend. I mean, it's just taking the time to say hello or taking the time to ask a question about, hey, how's your dog? Or, hey, um, you know, uh, did you see that Marvel movie or whatever um, that turns on that kid with autism? Just asking them one question about that can make so much different difference in their life. You know, uh, being a peer buddy, um, you know, being, inviting someone to be on your group at school, um, in your, in your team, just, just taking the time to say hello and understand that one friend can change an entire life trajectory. If I get one friend and I'm successful with that one friend, I'm going to try it again with someone else. But until I get one, I may not try it all. Those are such good reminders and what great things to emphasize um, in all of our homes with all of our children. Um, so on the flip side of that, and you mentioned working with families through Autism Oklahoma who, who may not have family support. So mm -hmm. how can we as adults better support our friends or family members who have children with autism? How can we be more inclusive, be someone that they might call when they need a babysitter? You know, um, one really great way to start is do a family activity with the whole family and include a family that has autism, a kid with autism, because we're not as, you know, like you mentioned, we're not as different. Our kids are not as different. Just maybe doing things as a family is a safe way to start a relationship and to get something going. Um, you know, and, and for our older kids, people with autism, gosh, be open to giving a person with autism a chance for a job. Um, our people are usually highly reliable and very loyal and very honest. And who wouldn't want an employee with those characteristics? So um, I think giving someone an opportunity to, to give it a try and take a little more patience in the learning cycles, but know that once they understand what's expected, you're going to have a great employee. Um, 
So everything that we do here in Oklahoma too is it's, it's all donation based and 100% of all the donations stay here in Oklahoma. We have a very small staff. And so um, honoring someone with a Peace Walk team and raising some money on their behalf is another great thing to do. Um, we love the Peace Walk team concept because honestly, all of us need a team for life that's going to support us for our whole life. And um, a Peace Walk team is a very visual way for a kid to understand these are my people. This is my, this is the group that's going to support me. And they're going to wear a t-shirt with my name on it. And I'm the hero. And that's such a great lift for someone with autism to know. Um, maybe they don't realize they have a team, but they've got a team. And uh, so that's another great, a great thing to do. That's beautiful. That's such a beautiful visual to, for someone to be able to see, physically see that team around mm -hmm. them, supporting them. And as you mentioned, you do have a very small staff. You rely on lots of volunteers. Yes. You serve 4,500 families impacted yes. by autism. And those volunteers help you provide programs in 13 Oklahoma communities. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the ways volunteers help Autism Oklahoma and how could families or individuals get involved with you? Okay, we, we are definitely, um, that's how we exist is we're more of a platform to help parents help their own kids and a few others. So we always have volunteer opportunities for parents who are interested in saying, you know, my kid's really interested in vacuum cleaners. Is there anything we can do with vacuum cleaners? Well, we'll come up with something, you know, or my kids really, really, really love Legos. Would you guys consider some way for my child to make, um, to do something with Legos or art or music or whatever the topic. So parents are a, a real key way. We add a lot of programs and help a lot of families. Of course, it's been very challenging during COVID and our whole world's turned upside down and, and we're doing a whole lot now with different mediums like pen pals and different things like that. But under normal circumstances, we're very open to talking to a parent about something that they envision might be a real key to unlocking something special for their child. Um, so parents donate lots of time and they make ideas and programs happen all the time. Um, parents are also help us on Peace Walk Committee and some of our other projects. Um, we also partner a lot with professional organizations like speech and language therapists or ADA therapists or psychologists or psychiatrists. And they are so helpful when we have an idea, but we may need somebody to kind of help facilitate that who's not a parent that can really help make sure that program is, is on a road to success. So sometimes, uh, a lot of times, our community partners uh, and our professional organizations are right there with us to help us along the way, which is so helpful. Um, we also have partnerships with businesses and communities and churches that want to engage. Um, so many of our community partners and professional organiz organizations help us create unique opportunities. So we may have a partnership with Southwest Airlines where we're able to, you know, show somebody a call center and they're so excited about a call center. Or we may have a partnership with Kim Ray and, and do something really special with them um, or with Life Church and where we implemented a pen pal program and we have pen pals from around the world um, with some of our kids so 
community partners is another great way to um, to get volunteers. We run under a normal year about seven to eight hundred volunteers a year. So um, that's that is really key to having a very small staff and to um, really facilitate activities that improve quality of life for families and individuals with autism. That's wonderful. I love that you guys provide such individualized programming and opportunities for the families you serve. Another thing I really love about your website is that you have this entire section dedicated to quality of life mm -hmm. stories and they give people a better and broader understanding of individuals with autism mm -hmm. and really focus on their abilities. Mm -hmm. Why is that such an important part of what you do and will you share an example of one of those stories with us? You know, really what it's all about for us is how can we make life work in Oklahoma for our families and allow every person with autism a platform to do their best and to, and to really contribute at their highest level. What's really neat about Autism Oklahoma is we've been around nearly 20 years. So some of the kids that we started with when they were seven or eight years old now are, are almost 30. And it's been really fun to see how their lives have changed and how what they um, need from Autism Oklahoma is different and, and also to see them launch into, you know, everyday programs and doing typical things what other people do. Um, for example, I'll give you an example, Tyler. Tyler is, um, he's 29 now. Um, I met him probably when he was six or seven um, in speech therapy. Uh, he had apraxia. He had a lot, real lack of confidence speaking. Um, we, we got him engaged um, in various programs as a, as, as a kid, but a key program he went to was we took a group of kids to an anime convention in Dallas, and he was going to be one of the people to film this anime convention. So he had a big job, and he was really interested in filming. And, um, and then he went from there to helping to make an animated film with our, uh, with our Invisible Layers group, which is our film production group. He joined that group and started making friendships and building confidence. Um, he was in his 20s when he learned to drive um, and uh, got confidence from some of the other guys that were driving. He graduated from college. He's now working at a church doing filmmaking and he's coaching a high school basketball team as their manager. And he is just such a great success. And he's, um, you know, 29 years old now. Um, we also have a group called Bees Knees, which there were six kids and they met in high school at UConn and they began doing art together just because there was nothing else for them to do after high school. And they started doing art together. Now they're all in their thirties and they're still a group and they still meet and they still do art and, um, and, and, and they're a community. They, they have friends, they have their art everywhere. They've got their art at the Capitol, at the hospitals, at, in businesses, and they have just, you know, developed their own community and, um, and they're proud of what they do. And so um, that's another example. I could just go on and on. There are literally dozens of stories about um, kids that we've, that we've known for many, many years, and then many, many more that we're, um, that we're just starting this journey with. So, um, so I think the quality of life stories, I, I, I honestly, I wish we were 
spending more time. We're so busy. I wish we were spending more time capturing what has happened in that transformation um, with families because we see that families are more proud. They're that they're not operating in crisis mode. They have more peace. That um, kids have more relationships and they have things to talk about and they have ways to contribute. And all of those are outcome measures that we consider important for quality of life. That's so beautiful. Um, and, and what great examples of how creating those support systems really do make a lifelong difference for the families that you are serving. And I really encourage all of our listeners to head to Autism Oklahoma's website and check out some of those stories. Um, it'll, it'll give you a big lift in your day. Mm -hmm. So we know the pandemic has been stressful for everyone. Yes. We've had yes. lack of normalcy, lack of structure, but for families with kids who have special needs, the challenges have been even greater. Yes. How is Autism Oklahoma helping families cope right now? Mm -hmm. And where are you finding hope in the midst of what's been mm -hmm. a challenging year? We're ready to get back together. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, we, you know, actually, this has been a real issue because especially um, a lot of our parents who have had to homeschool, their kids are like zero interested in Zoom after, you know, doing what they need to do with homeschool or whatever. And so it has been a problem. And a lot of our volunteer, like um, parents that were doing connection circles, um, that they were fine with doing connection circles when we, when they met in person, but then we said, okay, we're, we're going to have to try to do what we can over Zoom. They were like, uh, that's not me. <laughs> and I get that. That's, you know, it, it takes a certain, um, a different set of skills to, um, to facilitate a group over Zoom than it does, um, in person. And so we've been doing lots of shuffling, um, and shifting and, um, and re pivoting as we call it, you know, uh, for a lot of our programs, uh, our Peace Walk reinvented three times this year, this past year in 2020, and it ended up being a peace drive. Our, our Christmas party ended up being a drive-in movie of Elf. And um, we had pen pal programs, uh, as I mentioned, to connect people and help them not to feel alone. Um, we've got virtual programs for adults, like the Heroes Group. And um, we're just starting another group called, uh, with, with OU, the OT department at OU called Spilling the Tea. And uh, so, I, I mean, I think we just had, it's been a real challenge to us to, to be very creative and, and to um, look for opportunities where we can keep those connections going without being in person. And it's been rough. Um, this is a group who already has challenges with connecting and you take away one of the ways that probably the most critical way to communicate. And it, 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 I'm concerned. I'm really concerned more for kids that have now been a year without uh, a routine or without connecting with people. I see it in my own daughter um, that, you know, the world shrink and it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to take those risks and get out of the comfort zone and try new things um, as we as we head into a more normal world. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's it's something we're just we're just going to have to do a lot of support and a lot of encouragement and a lot of cheerleading and a lot of praise and 
try to go from success to success so that um, people can, you know, get connected, stay connected, be involved, feel like they belong, and, um, and, and reach those quality of life goals that we have. So in the midst of all of these challenges, you all have yeah. gotten so creative to continue to serve your families. Um, as you look towards the future, as hopefully we're all able to start gathering in person again someday, mm -hmm. uh, what makes you really hopeful about the work Autism Oklahoma is doing right now? You know, one thing, I think in terms of our core competencies, one of the core competencies, I think our little group of five and then our leadership team around us, the board and, and, and a lot of our program leaders, Pat, is we're super creative. And, you know, I, I think almost every parent of a child with autism is. I, I bet you anything, Lily's parents would say, that's been the key to success is just be creative, you know. Uh, you don't have to do things the way our parents did or the way someone tells you to do them. Uh, just uh, think differently. That's one of our mottos. Think differently and do things that, um, that are going to facilitate building trust, building relationships, building friendships. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's been key for us. And I'm super proud of our abilities to do that. So, I don't know. I, I hope I'm, <laughs> I'm hopeful we can get back to meeting in person, but um, you know, you just don't know. This world has been pretty crazy this year. It sure has, but you all truly have done a really great job in being creative and pivoting to serve um, the families that rely so much on you. Thank you so much for your time today, Melinda, and for all the wonderful work you do in the community. Erin, thank you so much for just giving us this platform to talk about what we do. Um, I love it. And I, you've asked me some great questions and I just appreciate you reaching out to us to, to give us this opportunity. Absolutely. And for our listeners, learn more about Autism Oklahoma and how you can get involved at autismoklahoma.org. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.